0: Meanwhile, on the Godbeat. Hey Godbeat listeners, I'm Dania Abenki, the associate web editor here at Sojourners. Next week marks a deadline for the Trump administration. It's a decision that could affect the lives of hundreds of thousands of young immigrants who came to this country as children. They're known as dreamers, participants in the Obama era program that gave them work permits and protection from deportation. Known as Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, the DACA program boasts 800,000 young people who had finally felt safe in this country. This is Patrice Lawrence, the National Policy and Advocacy Coordinator for the UndocuBlack Network. And before we get into what the UndocuBlack Network is, Patrice explains what DACA is really well. So
1: DACA is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, and uh, it was created... Um, as an executive order, so it's not—it um, wasn't done by Congress, so it makes it a little shaky. Um, but basically, uh, it's been four years old, and it allows you five years old. My 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 apologies, and it allows folks the ability to have a work permit um, and some sort of a social and an ID to be able to work and live in the United States. Um, it does not give them a green card. It does not allow them the um, ability to travel freely out of the country. They have to apply for parole and it's also not free. Um, You have to renew your DACA every year, two years, um, and that is almost $500. So it is a very costly venture. Um, Currently there are almost 800,000 young people who have it. Um, There's also further criteria. You had to have been here before your um, 17th birthday. So you have to be 16 um and you had to have been 31 or under 31 at the time of applying which really puts a cap on who can get it and there was uh DACA plus which would have allowed basically the same things as DACA but no cap on it and the supreme court Court shut that down there was DAPA which would basically be for people who were undocumented but they had citizen children who were grown that was also shut down so There really isn't much mobility for folks.
0: But now, Attorneys General, led by Texas's Ken Paxton, are threatening to sue the Trump administration if he doesn't agree to phase out the program by September 5th, a few days from now. Of the 800,000 young people in the DACA program, 76% are Latinx. But there are a myriad of ethnicities, nationalities, and countries represented that we don't hear about for plenty of different reasons. This is where the UndocuBlack Network comes in. I asked Patrice about the UndocuBlack Network and what gaps it fills for immigrants that are balancing being undocumented and Black in the U.S.
1: Before, they didn't have a place where they could actually um, express that identity and feel safe talking to someone about the things that you experience as a Black person. As an immigrant person and being undocumented. Um, It was a space that's mostly dominated by Latinx folks and um, other uh, folks, and there's like just no place really for you to live at that cross section. And so that's why UndocuBlack was created to kind of give a place where people could feel safe to share their stories, to heal, to get resources, and you know, to really uh, fight for themselves. So it is led by folks who live this story.
0: Patrice also reminds us of the complicated reasons why some people are undocumented and stay undocumented.
1: The difference really in status and whether or not you have it, sometimes it's just red tape. Sometimes it's just the circumstances that you have. Sometimes it is the socioeconomic uh, status that you were born in. It is so arbitrary like for you to lose status. This, 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 you know, no story is the same. Almost every story is unique. It is not the same. And so that's what's really important that I would like folks to understand that like it is much more than just people crawling over here or something like that. And then why do people do that in the first place? More than likely America was doing something to that country. There was some sort of policy. There was some sort of greed There was some sort of theft of their land of their resources of their people There was something or their folks were here and there's a lot of folks who are undocumented right now Especially black folks since most black people don't share a border with the US They may have come here on a visa or something like that and they came here with the expectation that um, maybe their family would be able to keep them or a job would be able to keep them or something of this sort. And something fell through. And then they had to face the hard decision. Do I go home um, where I am banned from the U.S. for five or ten years? Because that's what the bars are. The 1996 laws under Clinton um, had these bars where basically you were barred from the U.S. for five or ten years. And that's what people... um, Have And we know the power that the U.S. has, that affects other things in their lives too, right? And they've got family here.
0: I met Mwawa Sumwe through the Undocublock Network. She's 21 and lives in Maryland and has for the past 17 years. Mwawa was born in Zambia and came to the U.S. when she was four. She's a student at the University of Maryland where she studies community health and is hoping to start a handmade soap, lotion, and body butter business called Soulful Love very soon. She's also undocumented. She calls herself a documented immigrant and told me how she felt when she heard that the program might be phased out.
2: So initially I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. Like what am I supposed to do?" Um because my DACA expires next August. So I have like a year left, but technically not because you have to renew within for the first 4 months. Um yeah. So initially, I was terrified. Then I was just pissed off because I was like, "Why? There's no need. There's only eight hundred thousand of us that you're affecting. It. There's no need for that." Um. So affecting job wise, um. Because having a job is what pays for my school, and I'm also trying to launch my own business, so I need money <laughs> to supp- supply that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just really gonna hurt financially um but for me i think my only biggest fear is now you have my
0: information what does that look like muewa told me that she'd love to be as revolutionary and radical as possible but she has other people to think about while she's fighting this fight it's mostly my parents and my siblings
2: like even with undocu-black i'm the only person who's like been active in like social justice and that's only been like a year and a half but doing things that I didn't expect to be doing <laughs> um and to be vocal and out about being documented it's still like my parents so still like ah oh, you should be careful on what you say and what you do right so there's this like culture background as well as just their own status that is affected.
0: Mwewa hid her status for 15 years and she talked to me about the complicated reasons why. There was a lot of taboo about being undocumented, even in some of her own communities.
2: Oh, so you're in America, but you're still struggling, right? Or you're not any better. Especially, like, and I keep coming back to my parents because my mom is an MBA. My dad's a lawyer in Zambia. But here, they're not doing those jobs, right? So then you're dealing with people who are like, oh, you do this and this and this, but you thought you were better education-wise. So it's sort of like
0: looking down on your family she realized why hiding in the shadows wasn't helpful for her or other undocumented people most people when people think
2: of an undocumented person they think aladdin x person and so it's also well don't present yourself as what that's what you are because then it's like there's more light shed on black people and or undocumented black people and it's like it doesn't really matter because already people or people will see me as a black person first before they see me as an immigrant so I might as well tell my story if I'm already fighting two different systems the purpose of people coming out as undocumented is I want you to know my story you know that I exist and acknowledge my existence so what happens when someone does come in and say say they pass legislation or they they're fighting for it and it's like well you didn't come out for your story so why should we care so when you keep hearing oh it's Latinx people, it's people coming from Mexico, from the southern border, then it allows black and brown people to turn on each other. So as much as you're trying to protect yourself, you're also erasing your story as well as allowing for divide and conquer tactics. So at some point, I have to tell my story or someone else will tell it wrong. I have to do it and I have to do it not just for myself, but for the other people that are suffering and the other people who cannot, who are still stuck in that silent mode or the shadows, as they say.
0: Mowa told me that usually we expect sob stories of undocumented people, and that's just not her. I feel like the is is so quick to show the bad things or
2: the suffering, the struggle of being undocumented, but doesn't wanna show that undocumented people are people. We have fun, we have lives. That being undocumented is not a definition. That's not how I define myself. That's how someone else decided to identify me because of that little paper a number so I think the media should make more of an emphasis on showing the joyful aspects and not just the, how much we contribute to society but just in terms of like financially or job-wise or educationally that's not all we are you know we're not machines who just function on anything we're human beings
0: There are as many different narratives around issues related to our broken immigration system as there are people caught up in it. Muewa's story is just one. And now, as we wait for the Trump administration to make the final decision about DACA, the lives and stories of 800,000 people are in limbo. This segment was produced by Dania Addenki with help from Sandy Vardial. Music by Manu's Mars. Thanks for listening.